0: Woe to the oppressing city. Welcome back to the Hackberry House, a daily podcast devoted to the Word of God and the persecuted church of North Korea. My name is Bob. This is podcast number 214. It is July 12, 2015. Today, one day the the oppressors will be the oppressed of the Lord. But until then, we must stand with those who are being trodden down, and that's why I give you these stories week after week that you might pray. Going to Open Doors, the name of the organization in the United States and throughout the world, this happens to be Open Doors in the United Kingdom and Ireland, telling the story of North Korea. Um. Illegal Bibles led a person named Kim Sang-hwa to Jesus. This is her story. Kim Sang-hwa is the daughter of a North Korean church leader. She now lives in South Korea, which is the most fortified border in the world that separates her from her parents and her North Korean brothers and sisters in Christ. This is her story. I come, she says, from a Christian family. Although for a long time, I wasn't even aware my parents were believers. Like so many Christian families, our family was banished in the 1950s to a remote village. However, my father was very good with his hands. I cannot share what his job was because I don't want to endanger him now, but he was able to make good money, and my mother had relatives in China. My parents continued to hide their faith from the outside world, but I remember waking up one night when I was six. Our house was very small so we all slept in the same room. When I opened my eyes, I saw my father and mother under the blanket, and I could hear the soft noise of the radio. Later, I learned they were listening to a broadcast from a Christian radio station. In our house was a hidden closet. When I was twelve, I accidentally found it. I don't know why, but I started to feel inside the the cabinet with my hand, and I felt a book. I pulled it out, opened the book, and began to read. It said, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Of course, all of this is in Korean. I began to shiver and dropped the book. I was so scared. My discovery could cost me my life. I was afraid to touch the Bible, but I couldn't just leave it there. I closed my eyes, picked up the book, and put it back. I weighed up my options. Should I tell my teacher? Should I visit the local security official? For 15 days, I couldn't think about anything else. I knew it was my duty to report this illegal book, but it was my family which was involved, and I also had all these questions, who is this God, or what? Finally, I had the courage to ask my father. He was very surprised and sat next to me. Do you see those old trees, he asked me? Who made those? I said I didn't know. My father explained the story of creation to me, including how God had made Adam and Eve. Then he turned to me and asked me another question. What is the most dangerous animal? I did not know why, but I answered the snake. He told me how sin came into the world. It was the first of many conversations we had about the Bible, about God, Jesus, and the gospel, He explained many Bible stories to me. I was not a real believer yet, but they did make a lot of sense to me. I felt sorry for all those people who didn't know the truth. Even my older siblings were unaware. My mother taught me to memorize Bible verses and the Apostolic Creed and also explained the Gospel to me. My grandfather showed me how to pray. It's just talking to God, nothing more, nothing less, he spoke a lot about Jesus' second coming. He really longed for that. To me, all those stories and ideas were so interesting. I also read the Bible for myself, but I realized it was dangerous. My father always emphasized not to share anything with anyone else. Then he would start to pray in whispers, almost inaudible. Father, help the North Korean people to seek your kingdom first. Sometimes my father met people in a secret location. Many children of believers came to that location too and learned the Bible. We prayed together. Among the people visiting the secret meetings were some non believers too, even spies. When one of those visitors was dying, my father went to see him on his deathbed. He confessed. I know everything about you, your family and your faith. I was a spy. I was ordered to watch you. And, my father asked, you're a good man. I never told anyone you were a Christian. Tell me how I can become a Christian, too. In the final moments of his life, this man repented and entered the kingdom of God. My father was able to lead him there. God protected us time and time again. Once there was a random house check, and it seemed this man also knew we were Christians. But this official was a really great guy and really nice. He never gave us away. All this strengthened my father's faith in God. He always experienced so much peace. I really think most believers in North Korea experience more peace and trust God more than believers in free countries. Kim eventually had to leave North Korea when she and her husband discovered they were going to be banished. They made the dangerous escape into China and traveled on through Myanmar or Burma and Thailand, dodging soldiers and facing many challenges, before eventually coming to South Korea several years later. Kim says, My dreams and hopes haven't changed much since I left North Korea. There's much more freedom here in the South, but our belief is the same. I wish I could go back to North Korea and share the gospel with the people there and have fellowship with the local believers. I love their faith. I'd be ready to die for the gospel. I think that if I didn't have a family here in South Korea, I would have returned already to help the people in need. How would my father want us to pray for North Korea? He always told me to seek the kingdom first. That will always be his prayer for his country and all believers. This is also what I pray. Sometimes I'm discouraged. It seems like nothing is changing in North Korea. When I pray, I often ask God, What's the point? Why do you want me to keep on praying for North Korea? But then God reminds me, You know North Korea better than anyone else. You know the people and their suffering. If you won't pray, who will? Rely on me. Believe in me. Kim's story shows how important it is for believers in North Korea to have access to the Bible. Open Doors has been sending these Bibles into North Korea and you can pray and help North Korea through Open Doors if you wish. There are other places you can go to to send the Bible and prayer into North Korea. If you would like to commit to regularly pray, there's even a way you can do that. You can do that on your own, but you can do it through open doors also. You can pray for the children of secret believers. They often can't speak to their children about their faith for fears over their safety. You can ask that these children would find Jesus like Kim did. You can pray for the leaders of the secret church in North Korea, like Kim's father, You can ask God to give them wisdom, to know how to trust and strength as they shepherd God's people in such difficult circumstances. You can pray with Kim and her father that the church in North Korea will seek God's kingdom first. Here's another story from Open Doors UK. Let me read that very quickly to you. This autumn... Open Doors is hosting a series of events around the country um, to celebrate their 60th anniversary. That would be in the fall of 2015. One of our speakers will be Young Sook, a Christian from North Korea. Young Sook's life began in 1951 in a Chinese village where she was born into a poor Korean family. It ended nearly, ended 46 years later, in a North Korean prison. Her extraordinary life story is both tragic and triumphant. Today, she can thank the God who answers prayer. When Jung-suk was seven, her family decided to move back to North Korea. Victory belonged to socialism, said the government. The Koreans in China and Japan were being urged to come home. And so they moved to Pyongyang. In 1964, a man came to their house He told her father and grandfather about a secret Christian network and how they needed to sign up if they wanted to be saved. The two men argued about it, but in the end her grandfather won. Three years later, five police agents barged into the house looking for people who'd signed the list. Her father and grandfather were taken away. Her grandfather was soon released. He lied and blamed everything on my father, Young Suk says. The police believed him, and he could go home. Her father, however, spent six months in prison. Then one day he was called to the prison courtyard with around 140 other people, all members of the Christian network. Her father denied that he was a Christian, as did about half of the prisoners. They were allowed to leave. The others, it is believed, probably died in prison. Her father turned up suddenly one day at his house in Pyongyang. We were all so shocked to see him. He was skin over bone. We could just see his skeleton, more dead than alive. He never spoke about his experience, but he returned a different man, depressed and silent. His return also changed Young Suk's grandfather. From the day he saw his son again, he did not speak anymore. Not a single word. He felt so guilty that even looking at my father was impossible for him. This 83-year-old man never overcame his remorse for betraying his son. But Young Suk remembers him as the man who encouraged her to believe in God. Now I am grateful for the man he was, she says. I am convinced that he prayed a lot for us. My faith is the result of that prayer. It was to be many years before Young Suk discovered the grace of God and the safety of his love. After the death of great leader, so-called great leader Kim Il-sung, in 1994, the economy collapsed. To avoid starvation, Young Suk's family and neighbors fled to China, but at the border they were arrested and imprisoned. There, Youngsuk was separated from her husband and son, incarcerated in the most inhumane conditions. She and her neighbor experienced interrogation, illness, and torture. You cannot imagine the fear of being in that prison, she says. Youngsuk began to pray, first to her mother, then her father, then her grandfather. Then I asked myself, who is the most powerful person I can pray to? I came to the conclusion it was God, so I prayed for him to release me. I still was not a believer. But I firmly believed that thanks to those remarkable prayers in that dark prison cell, I've been blessed so much ever since. God did answer her prayers, but it was no easy road to happiness. Now in South Korea, reunited with her family, she says she knows God brought me here. Well, you're going to be able to meet uh, Young Sook in person, hear more of her fascinating story at, at a meeting in Birmingham on the 14th of November of this year, or at the Secret Christians and Smuggling Hope in Glasgow on the 20th of November. You, your life could be transformed. So she is making the rounds right now. You can look her up. They've spelled her name, whether it's her real name or not. Young Sook, Y-O-N-G, S-O-O-K. Check out her story elsewhere. Wow, that's North Korea for this week. We do other things on this podcast. We'll be featuring the lives of people like E.M. Bounds and Praying Hyde and Jonathan Goforth and Charles Spurgeon. And we'll be bringing you weekly at Sun Sundays these stories of North Korea. Um, got a lot of books online. I'd like you to go to Sermon Audio and look up my blog, Books by Bob. Just look up the blog, Books by Bob. Hundreds of articles on ezine.com, E-Z-I-N-E com. I want to remind you to subscribe to the daily podcast here at Sermon Audio. Just click on the orange button at the top and then click on the iTunes link that comes up. A lot of things on my Sermon Audio website, a lot of topics I've covered in audio and written form, long series on North Korea. There's a course on the Quran, also, tons of prophecy studies through the Bible study, and a whole lot more. Go to sermonaudio.com forward slash aservant70 and browse a while. By the way, I'm adding a picture a day about North Korean life and persecution. Click on photos. At this uh, podcast, uh, there's about 33 pictures at the current album. Tomorrow, we're going to invite Leonard Ravenhill back to the podcast. He blessed us last week. I speak of his works, not the man himself who passed on to the Lord some time ago. But uh, we'll be reading from Leonard Ravenhill's works this week. And remember Zephaniah 3.1. God has promised to all those that oppress God's people, woe to the oppressing city. God bless you. We'll talk next time.